there are things that come against your faith. And that's what it's about. It's about coming against your faith. Then you don't have any. It isn't that you don't have enough. Okay, that faith is there. But it's about coming against your faith. Now, doubt and unbelief can come against your faith. Now, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that those are enemies to your faith. It's not just something that's passing along. It is that doubt and unbelief actually gear themselves up to come at you as an enemy. Because their goal is to destroy your faith and destroy you. Now, we don't often approach that. We kind of just, eh. But if you will adjust your thinking and understand, I am dealing with enemies here. Firstly, enemies to my faith. What can you do without the shield of faith? Just get a lot of fiery darts. Isn't it interesting how Paul uses the armor of God? And he uses a Roman soldier and all of their armor as the example. Now, here's some more, uh, some bit more to adjust. No person, flesh and blood, is your enemy at any time. No matter what it seems like they're trying to do. So the first thing that we want to begin to do is to adjust our focus and begin to understand what is it we're actually dealing with here. And I've mentioned this before. If in the millennial reign, a hundred-year-old person is like a child and the devil's locked up, how much does the enemy have to do with what's going on here and now? If the average lifespan in the millennial reign is going to be 900 to 1,000 years, how much does the enemy have to do with what's going on here? If in the millennial reign they're going to be healthy, no sickness, no disease, how much does the enemy have to do with what's going on here? If in the millennial reign, not one negative thought comes. This is what the book of Revelation tells us. That the people at that time will go through and never have a thought that I'm a wretch. 
the enemy will come to you and he will put things in the first person. He'll say, I, and put the thought, I, I am a, put that thought in your mind. And he'll try to make you think you thought it. And you know what? Most people do. You say, well, how can you possibly say that? I mean, is it the truth? No. I'm the righteousness of God. Anything else that comes, even if it's in the first person, that doesn't reaffirm I'm the righteousness of God, is a lie from hell. You hear that? Doubt and unbelief. Enemy. And you treat it like an enemy. And you beat its brains in. Amen. Here's what I call the faith destroying prayer. Not all prayer is good. There's that faith destroying prayer. It starts off like this. Lord, if it be your will, Heal that person. How many of you know when that kind of a prayer is prayed? What do you think they're going to think the answer is? No. Every time. Because the enemy will see to it. Why? Because that is a doubt and unbelief sentence. I have heard in the last month no less than ten times from different brothers and sisters in the Lord, well, if God wants to heal me, he can. I've heard this from pastors. I just don't believe it's the will of God to heal everybody. And of course, he's sick. And half of his congregation is sick. There's an enemy. And that enemy comes against your faith. Because... Faith's the only thing he can't handle. Can't handle it. Why couldn't he handle Jesus? Because Jesus' faith was always working. Amen? 
Let me give you one of the enemies to our faith that we really need to be vigilant. Unforgiveness. That's a crafty one. Not only does the enemy want to get us into the unforgiveness, he doesn't want us to see it. Wants to cover it up. Number one way to number one way to recognize if you're dealing with unforgiveness. Turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter three. Verse twelve. Therefore, as the elect of God, do we have any elect of God here? Amen. Hallelujah. Holy and beloved. Hey, listen to me tonight. You're holy and you're beloved. Did you hear me? Amen. You are holy and you're beloved. Okay? You just told me you're elect of God. Right? Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint. Who or what have you been complaining about? If you have complained about anybody I had to catch myself during the winter because I was complaining about the electric company I had to forgive him well that's ridiculous how can I have unforgiveness for a, a utility company you can. And it's not good. How many people do you think in this country right now have unforgiveness for the U.S. government? Do you hear any complaining? Hmm? Don't get caught in that trap. Complain about the bank? Complain about the teller at the bank? Complain about anybody in your family? Forgive if you have complaint against anyone. Now here's what happens. As that unforgiveness begins to get a stranglehold, you complain more and more and more. And guess what? That's where that's coming out of your mouth. 
And you're going to have exactly what you say. Yeah, 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 but I forgive them, but then what do I do? Bless them. Now, how is blessing bestowed? How, how, does, how is blessing released? Always through the mouth, through words. That's how God does it. Did not James say in the third chapter, blessing and cursing should not come out of the same mouth? But you see, what happens is we don't recognize the complaint, which is the evidence of the unbelief, as an enemy. And it deserves a knockout punch. We just kind of look at it as it's just the way everybody talks. I do not go through one single day, and you don't either, where you don't hear, okay, double digits complaints everywhere you go. You see, one of the issues is that as you get the truth and you receive the truth and the truth comes to you, you know what happens? You start recognizing. <laughs> Don't you? Mm -hmm. And if you're not cautious and you don't deal with it as an enemy, their complaining will get in you. Have you ever noticed children complain a lot? They don't know any better. And the thing about children is, when we teach them, we've had to teach them what's right. They just seem to automatically do what's wrong. I'm dealing with something and I'm talking about something. And if we don't understand this is our enemy and we're dealing with an enemy, all of what I'm talking to you about is contagious. It will get on you. It will get in you. If I haven't been given a spirit of fear, which I haven't, have I? Have you? And I experienced fear, it had to come from out there to get in. I had to let it in. And fear is an enemy. And fear is out to kill your faith. That's another one. I'm going to go back one step. It is absolutely no question about it. If this is mandatory, 
You must know and receive by faith to begin with, all your sins are forgiven. And what does that mean, forgiven? That means the debt is completely canceled. 100%. You cannot do anything to pay the debt. We don't have enough to pay it. Just don't. Now, we do it in different ways. We want to make up for. We're going to make up for it. What is that? That's simply trying to pay for a sin. That's trying to pay for a wrong. You say, well, how subtle it can get. Get real subtle. Here's one for you. Subtle. Enemy, though. Yeah, I didn't do real good today. But you know what? I'm going to be better tomorrow. You're in trouble. Why are you in trouble? Trying to make up for Yeah, I didn't pray today. So I'm going to make up for it. I'm going to pray tomorrow. You don't pray tomorrow either. Enemy coming to get you. And we kind of deal like it, deal with it like kind of like this. Can you see that? Can you see that that's a faith robber? I am righteous by faith. That means in the sight of God, I am totally conformed to the will of God 100%. That's what it means to be his righteousness. Can you see why you have to receive that by faith? Because if you take out two seconds and take a look at yourself, you know, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. And these thoughts that come and these ideas that we come up with about how we're going to make ourselves better and how we're going to do better and how we're going to... How many of you realize that is, doesn't work? Now, here's something that will cause your faith to be stronger. Ready? Watch this. Jesus said this. This is in red. That's why I know. Apart from him, I can do nothing.
Get that in you. Change your life. And you don't have to stop. You don't have to be trying so hard to do things apart from him. Because what we determine to do, and here's the trap, is normally a good thing. I don't think anybody in this room is planning to rob the bank tomorrow. I don't even think anybody's planning to go tell like four whoppers. What do I mean whoppers? Big lion stories. I don't believe any of you have purposed that in your heart for a long, long time. Even probably it was before you were saved. Probably hadn't had that. But can you see that when the enemy comes, he brings the good thing? It sounds good. It sounds right. Sounds like what you're supposed to do. You know if God is going to use you, you have to do one, two, three, four. You go, yeah, I need to do one. And then a month later, you don't haven't done one, two, three, four. Then he comes back for a second appointment for the follow-up. You might as well just give up. There's no way God can have anything to do with you now. And maybe you struggle a little bit against it and you put up a little fight. He comes back at you and says, all right, all right. But you know, you really have to get after it now and do this, 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 this. Uh, How many of you know you're back in the same trap? So if if you don't begin to understand there's an enemy and you need to put a whipping on him and these things are enemies to you, he'll lead you around by the nose. And you'll never know it. All the time believing you're doing right. Hmm? Time to get free. Time to recognize the enemy. Time to have your senses exercised to discern good from evil. Even when it sounds good and right. If I am conformed to the will of God, which I am, his perfect will, and... It's as if my whole life I did. That's righteousness. See, righteousness means you have conformed your life to the perfect will of God 24-7 your whole life. Now God says that's how I want to deal with you. I want our relationship 
to be how I see it, not how you see it. And I have fixed it so that I can deal with you and I can fellowship with you and I can impart to you wisdom and knowledge and I can move in your life as if you conform to my perfect will your whole life. And you are now. And I want you to be free tonight from that fear and that anxiety about how I got to get into the will of God. I got to get into the will of God. I got to find the perfect will of God. I relax. The more you relax, the sooner you're going to find out what his perfect will is, and then you're going to he's going to be able to put you there. Amen. 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 You ready for that? Because apart from him, we can do nothing. So stop fretting. Enemy to faith, doubt and unbelief, unforgiveness, fear, worry. And I have found over the years, worry is the one that most children of God put up with. I want you to understand, you leave. It's an enemy. It's out to take Bury your faith. Huh? Well, how do I know when I'm worrying? What are we going to do about this? What am I going to do about this? What are we, what, how are we going to handle this? You begin to think about something that hasn't happened, and it's usually bad. Ooh, if I don't do something about this, then this is going to happen, or that's going to happen. Worry, fretting, cares. Now, the worry and the cares are designed to separate you. Cause division. Its ultimate goal is to cause you to be double-minded. Same as doubt. And a double-minded person receives nothing from the Lord. Is that he don't want you to? Absolutely not. He does. Now it is true that faith is a product of spirit. 
And this is the reason why it's a lie and a fallacy if someone tells you you don't have enough faith or you don't have faith or all that. You have faith that's produced in the Spirit. But here's what happens. The spirit of faith is reaching out from the real you, spirit. And at the same time, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions is reaching out in unbelief. And that's double-minded. It's reaching out for what it sees, hears, smells, tastes. It's reaching out in the physical. So what, what do I do? I renew my mind to the truth. Now, what happens? My mind, my soul, now sides in spirit. See, the word says, now watch this. We battle not with flesh and blood. That includes your own. And how much teaching have you heard? How much about how the flesh, and there's a battle with the flesh, and I'm battling the flesh, and, uh, and it's the flesh against, huh? Huh? That's a big lie in teaching. You don't owe the flesh nothing. Not even a fight. Why? Because, watch this, you renew your mind. You're not conformed to the world. And your mind and your soul, spirit, soul and spirit, come into agreement in one, and I guarantee you the flesh will fall in line. It'll do exactly what it's supposed to do. But we're too busy over here fighting the flesh and not renewing our mind. And so now the soul is siding in with the flesh or the soul is and the spirit is, well, what is that? Attacking your faith. <coughs> Trying to kill that faith off, cause it not to work. You get that? Does not the word say we wrestle not with flesh and blood? And why are we hearing things talking about wrestling with it? When the word clearly says. And then Paul goes on to say, our weapons are not carnal. Trust me, your flesh is kind of carnal. But their weapons are mighty to the tearing down of the strongholds. Where's the strongholds? Here. Why are we tearing those strongholds down? To cause spirit, soul, and body to come into agreement.
Your flesh has no will of its own. It does whatever you give it. And then it wants more. Never satisfied. You know, the guy's got $20 million, he wants $40 million. That's flesh. But we have to recognize, we have to deal with it. Enemy. Doubt. Enemy. Unbelief. Enemy. This is what causes people not to be healed. Because we're healed how? By faith. And the same faith, and, I, and I, you know, I see things all the time like I'm saying, what? where in the Bible does it talk about saving faith is different from other faith? I've read commentary after commentary about them explaining about saving faith. So much so that the people that come against faith and against the teaching of faith subscribe to this, yes, but I have saving faith. Where does the word talk about saving faith? Believe me, the same faith you receive Jesus as Lord with is the same faith that gets your healing. See? Amen. There isn't like four different kinds. The enemy is cagey, and the reason he's so cagey is because all he needs to do is twist it just a little bit. Doesn't have to be big, just a little. To be off. You were explaining the other day, the plumb line. It's off here a quarter of an inch. By the time I get down to the end of the room, it's off by six inches. Well, your enemy twists it just a little, and down the road... Three years later, you're like two miles off. The Lord co confirms the gospel all the time. Amen. 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 But you got to understand something. There's enemies, and they're in the form of unbelief, doubt, fear, unforgiveness. Okay? Worry. Enemy! What do you do with an enemy? You kill it. Okay? Now we have the sword. You're a soldier, right? Yeah. Okay? We want we want to know how to use this sword. Okay? The bus prayed of righteousness, the girl the belt of truth, the feet shot with the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, even the shield of faith are defensive. But the sword. Hmm? It's time to begin to use it and use it diligently. And understand something. You are using the weapon of the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, against an enemy who is after your life. Take your faith, take your life. I see it. 
I've done the funerals long before they could say I've run the race, I finished the course. Oh, you don't understand all things work out for good to those. Really? I haven't seen that all the time happen. Well, I have to go to the funeral because my 30-year-old son had a car accident and so forth. And my other son, he, he, the, uh, the son overdosed on drugs and all that. But, but God must have a purpose in it. Really? It's real stuff. And sometimes we don't really understand. This is an enemy who is after breaking your heart and killing you. That's the purpose of the broken heart. The Word of God, you study the Word of God, the end result of breaking a heart is kill you. And there are many Christians who have died of a broken heart. You got a broken arm? How can you pick up the sword? Got a broken heart? Tough to use the sword. But God's good. He finished the job on the soldiers tonight. Because <laughs> he's not saying, time to get the sword. and see the result. Amen. Amen. See the result. Amen. Amen. So the one thing I want you to get a hold of, okay, this is not a situation where you're dealing with these enemies to your faith in a docile, mamby-pamby way. Enemy. And an enemy needs to be killed. How many of you realize that the old scriptures were for our example? And God said, you go into the, that land, you kill everything. Don't you leave anything alive. You know, they did. And don't you know when those when they grew up, they come back to do a number on Israel. So how about from this night forward, we make a commitment. We ain't leaving none of it alive. Killing all of it. And when you got your foot on its neck, cut it off. Not your foot. Cut its head off. David cut Goliath's head off. I believe he cut his head off right away because he just get tired of listening to him. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Hmm? That's why you got to kill the doubt. Kill the unbelief. Kill the fear. Kill. So 
can't talk to you anymore. How many of you know dead don't talk? <laughs> Trust me, when Jesus was in the boat and the disciples woke him up and said, we're going down, I can tell you emphatically, the thought never came to his mind, what are we going to do? They had it. <laughs> huh? He knew. How about that? Can you see it? We know all the time. You have an unction from the Holy One that you know all things. Would you join with me tonight to actually believe that? I'm not talking about just hearing it once in a while. I'm not talking about just reading it once in a while. I'm not talking about, oh, that was good in the meeting and all that. I'm talking about, let's make a covenant tonight that we actually believe this. Right? If that's true, then there's not one single situation that we face that we don't know what to do. There's not one thing that comes along. We know all things. Now you may want to go back and look at that from time to time, like every day for a while, then every other day for the rest of your life. Because, okay, planted a seed right now. Water it. Let it grow. That way, you're never going to say, what are you never going to say? I don't know. Because the moment you say, I don't know, guess what? Enemy's coming. He's coming with unbelief, with doubt, with fear, with worry. If I really believe it, how can I say anything else? Can I? No. See, I have within me, and you have within you, the one who knows everything. And guess what? He has no problem letting us know. Last thing tonight. Check with him first, even before you say anything. Check with him first. Amen? The reason we get into difficulty is we start making a decision to do this, say this, do that, plan this, do this, do this, and we've never checked with the one who knows everything. And I want to say to you, when you go that way, it is more fun. Amen. And I'm not talking about you got to go in and fast for 40 days and pray every day. No, just ask him. You can ask him right now. 
and get an answer to something that you're dealing with right now. Do you know how many people fast and pray because they think they're earning the wisdom from God? That person come to me uh, several months ago. I fasted 21 days and I and I didn't get anything. So you got hungry. <laughs> why? Why did they not? Because of the reason why they they thought I'm going to fast. And God then has to. God will never owe anybody. Amen? If you earn it, it's not grace. It's OZ. And God doesn't do OZ. Just freely receive. This is the main reason why people have difficulty getting healed. There's something within them. There's something there within them. There's a belief within them that's causing them not to freely receive. The main thing, they haven't forgiven themselves. And believe you me, if Jesus said, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or rise up and be healed. It goes together. And so many haven't forgiven themselves can't receive healing. I would say, I'm trying not to exaggerate, and I don't keep records on these things, but I have to say, in my recent memory, when I'm saying 10 years, maybe, whatever, I'd say 25 people who had cancer when ministering to the person, when they forgave, they got healed. They have spent millions on cancer research. I can tell them the main cause of it, unforgiveness. And I, you know, the Lord's so gracious, his compassion, I lay hands on him and immediately says, they got unforgiveness for, bump, 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 bump. Tell them you need to forgive, bump, 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 bump. They forgive him, pray for them. Next thing you know, a couple, three days later, it's gone. Let's close it up tonight. You've been complaining about anything, anyone? Huh? Close your eyes. Follow me in this prayer, Father. Father. Right, now, right now, I forgive, I forgive. Anyone, anyone, any company, any buddy that I've had complaint against. I release them now. I cancel the debt. And from this point on, they don't owe me. In the name of Jesus.
I release them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we can ask the Holy Spirit to help anytime. That's what he does. He comes alongside to help. And I ask him to help a lot of times. I ask him to help in unbelief. I said, oh, you let me know anytime that I have unbelief. You let me know before I even speak unbelief that I don't speak it because you know what I'm going to say. And ask the Holy Spirit, you know if I'm going to complain. Let me know in advance so I can take care of that right now. Amen. Amen. Yes. Ask him now. Say, Holy Spirit. You're my partner. You're my helper. You're the senior partner. I'm the junior partner. And right now, I'm asking you, keep me from the complaint. Alert me in the name of Jesus so that I can avoid complaining, murmuring, unforgiveness. In the name of Jesus, amen.